0: Financial markets across the globe are pricing in multiple interest rate hikes for the year. What impact will this have on bond and equities prices? High interest rates generally result in low stock valuations, and low interest rates generally result in high stock valuations. Well, joining us to help understand what this means for investors is Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. Central banks have recently been forced to respond to excess demand, exchange rate weakness, and soaring inflation. And we saw at the end of January, the South African Reserve Bank raised the repo rate to 4%. The US Reserve, uh, Federal Reserve is expected to increase Fed rates in March of this year. And this follows a list of other key central banks that have started to normalize the cycle, albeit from a different starting point. How do higher interest rates impact bonds and equities?
1: Yeah, I think that's the million dollar question for anybody who has an offshore investment at the moment. So that's been a, a key area for, for investors over the last 10 years, increasing uh, offshore exposure as sentiment locally really uh, went backwards very quickly. But I think it's a good time to really reconsider the view on, on that specific point. So if we look at where interest rates are now, they are at historic lows in the U.S. And what we expect to take place over the next six months in particular uh, should have a profound impact on investment. So we're expecting 25 basis point interest rate hikes March, May, July, September and December for for this year. Um, and then in addition to that, obviously, we've had tapering that took place last year, initialing, uh, you know, the bond repurchases tapered off at $15 billion a month. Then it was escalated to $30 billion a month. That should come to an end in March. And then obviously following that, we should see interest rate hikes, as I said. And then also very important to, to take note of is the policy statement by the Fed that was issued uh, last month it clearly states that they are aiming at running off the balance sheet, so reducing the balance sheet. And that's going to be extremely profound. I, I think the impact of that alone it's probably going to be even more severe than, than, than interest rates. So essentially what we're saying is that the days of helicopter money being pushed out into the economy are, are over. And essentially what's happening is we're vacuuming all of that up and they will be less available on the ground. And if we look at the impact on sentiment, it's going to be uh, obviously quite significant. Investors are going to realize that investing is not as easy as what it used to be, and there's not enough to spend or, or not as much left to spend. And if we look at bonds, if what we do in our environment and in the research team once you consider the risks, um, as well when, when we invest. If we look at a, at a 30 year bond, for example, we'll stress this, that for a 1% increase in interest rates to get a good sense of, you know, how, how much risk are we really talking about? And in our model, the, the 1% increase in interest rates should probably cause a 20% decline in a US 30 year bond, which is obviously quite a significant number. Um, on the shorter end, maybe less. So if you look at the five years, uh, more or less a five percent decrease but still it's material in environment where cash rates are, are barely above zero and actually in real terms negative in in the equity side things look equally dire um you know on aggregate uh, the P looks ex- extremely expensive to to our minds there's still um, a lot of concentration risk in the index as tech players have really taken up a lot of the growth in that in that index and uh as interest rates go up you mentioned we should see lower valuations, so we sh- we should see these stocks right so start trading at lower multiples, which is obviously part of the pressure. And if we use that thirty-year treasury number, I say twenty percent decline, we expect to be we expect equities to be uh, even more harshly punished than than a thirty-year bond. So especially on specific on specific stocks, obviously. Uh, not, not all stocks are the same. But the point being, you know, the 60-40 model where investors used to just simply invest 60% in, in U.S. equities and 40% in U.S. bonds, that's going to be severely compromised. And I think the key message out of all of this is to say investors will have to take to their own expectations of what investments will be able to do in foreign markets over the coming decade.
0: All right, it looks like you're pricing in five interest rate hikes of 25 basis points in the course of this year in in the United States. That, of course, is going to make it more expensive to borrow, and one would expect then that equity prices are going to drop, as you've already mentioned, but why do you think it's important for central banks to normalize interest rates?
1: I think that's a really important um, dynamic to, to understand. So, if you sit back as a, a man on the street and you say, well, listening to the amount of harm that interest rate hikes will have on the economy and on investments, why on earth are we even considering it to just keep rates lower for longer? It all seems to be going just fine. The, the key to remember is that first and foremost, monetary policy uh, interest rates are a, a policy tool for making sure that the economy... It keeps on humming along and growing at a sustainable pace. So you don't really want your economy to run too cold. So that was the COVID scare. In that situation, you, you stimulate, you decrease rates. But on the other end, you also don't want your economy to run too hot because what happens in that environment is that you see bubbles forming. And there's already you know, quite a few pundits that say there's multiple bubbles around as a consequence of having this easy money floating around, so it is time to to pull back on that so that you can avoid introducing a you know, more um, systematic risk into the global financial economy. Um, the other component is as we as we should expect. You know, it's just a matter of time before the next crisis hits. So it's it's a bit of a a grim outlook on things, but I I say this objectively, but there's always something that happens that creates some major pullback in markets or a major pullback in the economy. If it's not an oil crisis or emerging market crisis or global financial crisis or a pandemic, there's always something on route. We don't know what it's going to be, but there's always something on route. And I think where we are now is policymakers are extremely exposed because interest rates are so low. If something hits us now, how are they going to stimulate with monetary policy? We're already at incredibly low levels. So you need to get your your monetary policy into a position of readiness where you can respond to stimulate again. And I think that's really on the mind of policymakers at the moment, normalizing the rates so that you can essentially reload your policy stimulus tool. That's really the key thing.
0: I mean, on that point, how close do you think markets are to a correction?
1: Yeah, it's such a, it's such an emotive question, really. And, and, you know, even if you go through, through research and you will see there's a very wide range of opinions on, on this available. But to, to try and cut through the noise, what we do in the, in in the research team at PSG Wealth is to look at this objectively by looking at the key drivers of, of corrections. And historically, the the things that matter most would be obviously valuations, where corporate earnings are, um, what the output gap is in GDP, so that's really the potential of the economy where in, in relation to where it's currently growing, um, unemployment rates, inflation rates, and the shape of the, the interest rate curve, the yield curve. Um, so there's a lot, lot of technicality, technicality around that, but that's generally the things that we put into our model to try and assess how those specific factors positioned markets um, in subsequent years. So we go and look at the historic data, we test um, various market outcomes for various levels of the combination of these variables that I, that I mentioned. Long story short, if we look at this today, the model says there's 84% chance of a correction in US markets currently. And it, it makes intuitive sense, right? Because valuation seems stretched, unemployment levels are at record lows, it's creating some wage pressure, which is creating some um, inflation pressure, which should translate into interest rate hikes and a change in the yield curve that is not going to be favorable for investors. So that's really where the model is essentially affirming the the intuition that we have ar- around these things. So I think the risk is material, um, but that's not to say that, you know, I think it's very easy to to deduce things. Well, I should put all my money into cash. And that's certainly not what we're telling investors. I think we're saying two things. The, the one thing is prepare yourself for tougher conditions um, and volatile markets. So lower returns than what you've received recently in recent years. um, More volatility than what we've seen over the last 10 years and be prepared to look beyond u.s borders which i think most investors have found very difficult Um, if you look at institutional investors many of them still have a lot of u.s centricity built into their portfolios and and that will have to change if you um, want to reduce risk and and keep up with um, your goals
0: all right final question given all these risks and the potential of a correction where do people put their money what advice do you have for investors particularly in managing these risks well
1: I, I it's always difficult to, to to give advice i mean that's that's something that, that that our specific wealth managers can help each specific client with because obviously the their conditions are all um each each different or circumstances are each different. but I can give you an indication of what I think is uh, important and the things that are on our minds as an investment team. We are paying very careful attention to valuations at the moment we anticipate the rotation from growth to value Uh, that's becoming increasingly uh, likely Uh, we are bearing in mind how rising interest rates will impact profit margins and profit growth margin growth in in various businesses and and how the various businesses will will react and we, we try not to overpay for optimistic growth estimates or unsustainably high profit margins and obviously, following from that, you need to consider how your portfolio will behave in a higher interest rate environment. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that it's very easy to to miss because your portfolio has done so well over the recent years and you don't want to do anything. Just keep it there. But I think what you should at least be asking is, are my, my managers, my underlying managers um, preparing themselves for uh, a tougher environment? And what have they done? to to combat that or to prepare for that and and lastly maybe I, what we're also trying to do is to also consider something um beyond u.s borders so you know don't be as u.s centric as, as what portfolios have historically been and, and we've also been in that camp where uh, u.s markets have done phenomenally well for us but i think the opportunity set is definitely narrowing in that environment so casting the net a little bit wider and be open to looking at um neglected areas of the market on the regional and sector level, things that aren't really in the focus of investors just yet because there's still so many investors flocking to the uh, perennial favourites from, from previous years, the, the tech stocks in particular. Um, you know, when that type goes out, where will, where will the money go? I think that's really for us to, to figure out at the moment, and we think it's going to go to some of the lesser loved areas uh, from, from previous cycles.
0: Adrian, we're going to leave it there. That was Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth.